This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. I'm so excited about this conversation. This is some real deal talk right here with my friend, Natty Metter. I know Natty from way back in the day. She is from the same hometown as me, and she's one of those people that I have kept up with on social media in a real way. You know, the people that you didn't really know super well in high school, but you actually kind of reconnect on the internet and then you find you have a lot in common and then you kind of go back and forth and talk more than you ever did or realized you ever would when you knew that person face to face. Well, she is one of those people for me. And she also just started her own new podcast called A Little Happy. And I'm like, that is the best name ever for not only a podcast, but anything. A Little Happy. That's so great. She has a really good story about why they named it that as well that I love so much. Uh, Natty is the mom of three. Natty is from Bloomington, Indiana, my hometown. And she also now has moved back there and works as the director of development at Indiana University Alumni Association. What a fun job. We also talk about that. Like, what's that like moving back to your hometown? All that good stuff. Uh, We get honest about therapy, hard things that we walk through as mothers and just being honest with ourselves and with our friends and family members. It is a very open, authentic, and organic conversation that I hope that you not only relate to, um, but I hope that it makes you feel supported and encouraged because we're all going through something. We really are. Uh, Friends, if you are enjoying this podcast, it is part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. So check out all of our shows at sandyboyproductions.com. That's the sweet little network I started a few years ago. And if you do love this show, would you share it with a friend that you think might enjoy it as well? And then leave us a quick rating interview on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That is a huge help in potential new listeners finding us. And uh, my thought is if you enjoy it and you feel supported by it, hopefully somebody else can too. Uh, All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Natty Metter. All right. Today on Why Is Everyone Yelling, we have Natty Metter on the show. Welcome to the show, Natty. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. We've been connected. You know, we've known who each other are for a very long time, probably since what? We were like 17? Yeah, like I think since probably since high school. Yeah, Um, (laughs) but I feel like you're one of the people from that time of my life that I've actually like regularly stayed in contact with in a real way on social media. Yeah. It is like one of the best things that social media provides because I didn't really know you very well really at all in high school, except for, you know, just people that we probably had mutual friends for. And, um, and I remember starting to follow you, gosh, it was before your first son was born. And, um, and it's been really fun to stay connected that way, like pretty intentionally. Okay. This is hilarious. I have to bring this up. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when we both lived in Indianapolis and we saw each other at CVS? Yes. And were you buying a pregnancy test or was I? We both were buying pregnancy tests. 
<laughs> I have, oh my God. I have not thought about that. Yeah. And it was like, I knew who you were and I think you knew who I was. And we were both doing this, this big thing. <laughs> Hilarious. And I can't remember like if we talked about it later, like we messaged each other or if we actually saw what one another <laughs> were buying at the moment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Yeah. I do remember. I do remember that. Cause I think our firstborns are close in age. Marshall's 10. Yeah, Will's 10. Will just turned 10 in January. Yeah. Oh, that is right. Okay. So then you have Will who's 10 and then you have four-year-old twins. Yeah. Four and a half-year-old twins, Maggie and Henry, um, who were like total surprises. Really? Yeah. We were not expecting, we were not, we were not expecting twins. We weren't really expecting even having any more children, to be honest. And, and so when we found out we were pregnant, it was, it was a wonderful surprise. And then when we found out it was twins, I mean, that like just totally changes the game, <laughs> changed our game. Oh yeah. I mean, going from uh, one to three and just like the life of having two kids versus having three kids, it's just a much different life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't know going from two to three. I went from one to three, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, so fun. So yeah, I think our kids sort of like stair step each other, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. You're well, I've got two in the middle of your tent because Sandy, my youngest, is also four. Um, right. this is kind of like a question you're not allowed to ask people, I feel like, but was it intentional or were you guys having fertility struggles? Oh no, you can ask that question. Um, we had um it well, it was intentional by way of us just, you know, getting pregnant. Um, but we had had trouble after we had Will. And, uh, you know, I was in a job that was sort of stressful. My husband, Chris, he was still traveling for work. And um, so we had, honestly, we had all but said, you know what, like, like one is good. Like we had really come to peace with that. And then not even a week later, we found out we were pregnant. And so it was a surprise by way of um, just the fact that we hadn't, we had stopped like trying, you know, and, and of course that's usually how it happens. Um so yeah, total surprise. Okay. Was that hard to come to peace with that when you thought you were going to end up having one child? Yeah. And I'll tell you, I mean, and I talk, I try and talk openly and like vulnerably about some of that is that Chris and I were like totally on different pages, right? Like he, when we were thinking about having more kids, I, I think I wanted it before he did. And then we weren't communicating very well about any of that. And so when we finally had come to peace with it, um, it felt, we felt really, really good about that. Um, and we had gotten our plate, you know, Will was almost five. So we were yeah. out of the like baby stage of stuff, you know? And, uh, and so when we found out we had to, we had to like pivot and realign a bit and get excited about, I mean, we were ecstatic, um, but, you know, kind of reprioritized what we were thinking our life was going to look like. Okay. Tell me about finding out that it was twins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I tell this story and Chris, it's so funny. Cause he has shared it too, that we, if there were an opportunity for the, the like ultrasound text to have a video, like of people finding out, like, of course there's, there's a lot of different things they probably see the good and the, and the sad stuff. Um, but for the good stuff, I mean, we went in and, you know, to check the heartbeat and all of that. And they found the heartbeat and um, it took a second. And so, you know, we were sort of bracing for what could have been perhaps a different outcome. And 
Uh, so the the woman said, you know, what do you see? And we said, well, that looks like a heartbeat. Like we've done this before with Will. And uh, and she like moved the little wand and she said, well, what else do you see? And I looked at Crit. Like we, it was just like this moment of like out of body. I looked at him and he said, I don't see, I don't see anything else, you know? And the woman sh- like clear as day, another little flutter popped up and she said, oh, th- that's, that's another heartbeat. And my husband said, like my wife's like thinking it was just me. And under- so, I mean, we were, we were so surprised. Um, and, and really like we, I think we just sat there like in like astonishment of it. You know, I think he kept asking her if it was real. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? She's <laughs> like, yeah, I think so. Oh my God. And we still, we still say that some nights we'll be sitting around and say like, are, can you believe Matt? Can you believe we still have? There's still two of them, you know. I don't know if you say that with how many kids you because you have four kids, right? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. do think that sometimes. But when I think about people with twins, I will sometimes look at one of my children and be, be like, "What if there were two of you?" Like, I know oh. they're different people, but I'm like, "What if there were two that exact size and age, and you know, doing <laughs> those things together?" And I saw your video the other night of your the two like just all over the place in their rooms at night. And I was like, well, first of all, um, by the way, I think when you share videos like that, it just makes everybody else feel a little more normal. Like, oh, their bedtime is chaos and crazy too. Right. (laughs) So do they just like go to bed like that? But like, do they just like, you put them in there together and they like do their thing until they pass out? That was what we did. Like, so finally we have separated them into their own space. Okay. I think we were like six months too late to that game, you know, because okay. um, they they're getting to the age too where they, you know, they want their own space and it's good for them and stuff. But when they shared a room, honestly, it was like the circus. Like we would close the door. They would start out in their beds. And within five minutes, we had one of those you know cameras that you could see. One of them would be pulling up. I mean, not even just jumping on beds, like pulling up mattresses, <laughs> leaping under the bed, creating like slip and slides. I mean, it was just like it was like a party, you know, oh my and in what we realized was finally when they would start to calm down, they just they just talked for like 45 minutes until they fell asleep. And and so the the thing we noticed the most when we separated them into separate rooms was um, that they talk themselves to sleep because I think they've been so used to having someone else sort of like download their day a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about that when like Chris and I are getting ready for our like bedtime routine, he's much ready to like shut down and I'm still wanting to like download my day, you know? Yeah. And I think Maggie and Henry are a little bit like that too. Um, is, is your husband a man of few words or is he chatty? He can be chatty. He can be chatty. Yeah. I mean, he's, we both are, I would say both probably identify as being extroverted. Um, He's much more ready to like decompress and like watch a documentary or, you know, listen to a podcast um, much more than, than I am, I think sometimes, but we sort of give and take on that a little bit. I always feel like Glenn meets his word quota of the day at like two and (laughs) I'm like, you know, 9 p.m. still still going. But also he talks to people a lot more than I do. I mean, maybe I have a couple interviews in a day, but like he's on the phone like almost all day long with work. So I can totally see why his word quota gets met sooner for two reasons. One, that, but two, he's just doesn't talk as much as I do. 
Yeah, that's exactly, that's such a good way of putting it because, and yeah, the line of work that Chris does, he's talking to people all day long. And depending on my days, there'll be days where I use more words than others, you know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's like using more grown up words than kid word. You know, it's like, how much time have I been with the kids? <laughs> we both work full time. So like, there's like that kind of quota too, I think sometimes, you know? So that's funny. Okay. What do you do for work? So I work for I, for Indiana University. I've worked for IU, um, gosh, for about 10 years now. And I'm primarily in alumni relations work. So how we, you know, thinking about how we engage alumni back to IU. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's good work. And I mean, it's it's really an interesting to understand the impact of how, you know, groups of people can make an impact for a cause or for a thing. And so um, it's been, it's been fun. It's interesting though. I mean, I know you're from Bloomington. It's interesting living here sort of as like a grown up with kids. I've had like, I was sharing yesterday that it, I feel like I've had to go through some growing pains to figure out how to be like a grown up in the town I grew up in. Yes. I cannot imagine. I actually wanted to ask you about that. Um, my sister, my younger sister lives in Bloomington because when you and I kind of reconnected as adults, we both lived in Indianapolis, like in the broader right. area. And then, so how long have you been back in Bloomington? We have lived here for since 2015. Okay. So it's been a long time. Yeah. You had, you had your twins in Bloomington. We had twins and we had twins here in ta- in Bloomington. So we had Will in Indianapolis and then we had the twins um here in Bloomington and uh yeah, so we've been here for a while, like for, for a considerable amount of time, but I'll tell you the first it felt like the first 3 years of being back that I really stumbled like I stumbled on trying to figure out like where I fit and our house, we live equidistant between my parents and my grandparents, which is such a blessing. Oh, totally. Um, but also it's hard. It was hard for me to establish being like a 30 something with my own family and priorities and that kind of stuff. Um, and so it's definitely been a learning. I, I definitely didn't, I totally underestimated that. I, yeah, I just can't imagine. Cause every time I go home, it feels like home but I can never imagine living there. And and I don't even think it's about like, oh, who I'll run into at Kroger. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're going to see random people you went to high school with. But yeah, just like finding who my like group of friends would be. And like, do I do I go back to people that didn't, you know, like I think of one of my best friends from like fifth grade, Nikki Young. I'm like, would Nikki Young and I be best friends if I lived in Bloomington? You know, it's like, (laughs) I just, it's so interesting to think of that dynamic. Yeah, it is. And I'll say it's, it's a little interesting because my husband's from Carmel. So he's not from Bloomington. So that pulls us a, a bit away from the total like high school hometown feel um, but I still, I stay in touch with people that we went to high school with and, and, but our, but I'll tell you our, our friend group really is comprised of either people that Chris works with or people that I work with or, mm-hmm. or families that we've met through, um, stuff we volunteered for with the kids and stuff. And so it, what it's also allowed me to realize is that Bloomington really is a bit bigger than it was, uh, when I was in school and there are a lot of different people who live here. Yeah. Last question about Bloomington. How does that feel about like where where your kids go to school and like will they go to your high school and things like that? <laughs> it is so funny that you say that because I 
it is like ingrained. I don't know if you would feel this way if you lived back here. It is like ingrained in me that my children will go to the high school that I went to. Oh, yeah. Because there's two high schools here and they're rivals and like and wonderfully so. But um, yeah, I mean, we literally we when we moved to Bloomington, I remember saying that I wanted to live on a certain side of town. So our kids would be districted to go to the high school that I went to. And yeah, it is so silly how I still feel that way. Like I have a lot of pride for that. Loyalty you know? to the school. Totally. Um, so, but it's funny when I, the, my friends who aren't from here, they're like, well, both schools sound, they're really great. I'm like, I'm sure they are, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is, it's funny how that happens. Oh my goodness. Well, tell us about the podcast you started a little happy. I love yes. that name. Well, thank you. Um, I think I was sharing with you when um, you asked me to come and chat with you today, which thank you, by the way, for asking me to. Um, I've had this idea of, you know, starting a podcast or a place to share um, like a bit of my life and other people's lives out loud um, for a while. And and I I have dragged my feet for the last few years because I've been really, to be honest, I've been scared of um, what it would mean and what it would look like. Um, and, and like the idea, and I'm sure that maybe you feel this a little bit, the idea of, um, like, does anyone care? Does anyone yeah. care? You know, like the, a lot of this, like doubt and mm-hmm. fear. Um, and finally I, um, I had connected with a woman who I'd met through IU through some work stuff and she's done some, um, of this sort of work before. And I had shared with her, I was interested. And she said, why don't we just like do a couple together and see where it lands. And so we recorded a few episodes um, at the beginning of the year. And then um, I finally just put, I've been trying continually to put some of that, you know, fear and apprehension aside, and we're just kind of doing it. So we started, uh, formally launched a little happy podcast uh, about a month ago. And the name um, is is a nod actually to my mom as kids and through being like, even now I'm the oldest of four. My mom would always send us, um, little happies. So whether it'd be like Mm. a Starbucks gift card or she, you know, flowers or a hug or whatever that is that it was her way of, um, reminding us sort of on the off beats of life that, um, we were being thought of. And I really have loved that. I've used it with my kids of the fact that we could always have just like a little bit of happy, like you might not always get a ton of it, um, but a little bit of it. And so um, that's how a little happy podcast has started. It's been fun. I love that. I need to steal that from you and your mom. Like I want to <laughs> start it, doing please. that. How often, how often did she do stuff like that? So was it just like on a random day where she was like, Oh, Natty seems like she might be down today. Like let's yep. li- lift up a little bit with a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the unexpected things like the, the little happies. And so as kids, I remember it would be like, you know, I look back now and I think it'd be like the matchbox car at Target, you know, that kind of thing. But as a grown up, like, I mean, again, I'm very lucky to live in the same town as my parents. So it's like, you know, a, you know, a little bouquet of cut flowers from her garden or um, a te- even as small as a text um, or she'll screenshot. Sometimes me and my sister were on a group text together and she'll screenshot something and it's a little happy for the day. So it's just this idea of like finding a moment in a day um, to be reminded that someone else is like thinking about you. I think that's why, I mean, maybe I think that's why she 
she did it. And it really has resonated. We have carried that through with my, with our kids. Um, and it's just a good reminder that, um, just to like care, care for one another a bit more. It's so interesting to me as I hear you talk about it, because it makes me think of my own mom and the ways that we show love. Like my mom would never do anything like that. And it's not because she doesn't love me or care about me. She's just like not very sentimental. And that's just not the way she shows love. But the way she shows love is she does things. Like um, in December when our dog was really sick and like we were in Bloomington, the dog was here and we didn't know what to do. She like researched, you know, hospice mobile vets and like she just like figured out what needed to be done for us. And that's the way she showed her love rather than like giving me this like long hug and showering mm-hmm. me with a gift because I was sad. She was like, I'm going to figure this out for you. Yeah, I love that. And I'll tell you it right when you said that, um, I bet our our moms would probably be kindred spirits because my mom is a doer as well. So like little happies for me as a adult have looked like, um, especially during times where I have like really lost my way or gone through, you know, I feel like as you get older, you, life just comes at you a little bit faster and harder. And sometimes I know I've come up for air and been like, what has, what is happening? Like, I have no control. I do not feel like myself. And um a little happies or ways that my mom would, you know, make sure to sort of tether herself to us a bit. Um, she'd come over and like do my laundry, you know? And like, so the idea of doing too, I love, I love that. I love um, thinking about how people can express care for each other in so many different ways um, and that it's not all the same. All right, friends, a quick break here. If you are looking to get the best sleep of your life, you need to check out Lagoon Pillows. They have the best pillows out there. You take a two-minute quiz. You let them know all the details about how you sleep. Do you sleep hot, cold, on your side, on your belly, on your back? Do you like a firm pillow, a soft pillow? And they match you with the perfect pillow. They even send you with the stuffing so you can decide how full or how not full you want your pillow. I have searched for a very long time for an amazing pillow, and this has been my answer. I'm serious. You're, you're not going to want to sleep on any other pillow ever again. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for 15% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. Do you ever feel in moments like that, like sometimes I feel like guilt for feeling like that because I'm like, oh my gosh, I live in America. My life is so easy. I, I have plenty of money to buy food and, you know, just like all the very simple things. I find myself feeling guilty for feeling the anxiety and things like that because I'm like, look at this wonderful life I have, but yet I still feel like that. Does that make any sense? It makes a ton of sense. I, I was just talking to my therapist about this the other day and she had reminded me it's a really good aha moment for me that like we can have, we're allowed to have these like parallel feelings, right? Like this idea that um, I could be, I could recognize the fact that I have this great house and I am in this great marriage and I have these wonderful kids, like that life feels like I can be very thankful for that, but I can also at the same time 
recognize and feel the fact that this is all really hard mm-hmm. or that I am really sad. You know, like I've gone through my, some of my postpartum experience was really tough. And, and this idea that you can like feel these two things that sort of go against each other, you know, like, like gratitude and depression or an anxiety or these things can be really confusing. Um, and I have, um, I continue to work on allowing space for like all of that. I'm not very good at it, but I mean, but <laughs> allowing space for all of it. And some of the things that I have found that have been most helpful is recognizing it with someone else. Like, I'm so glad that you said that. Cause I've been thinking about that a lot recently, just about um, how the guilt of all of those feelings can just be so overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. I, one of the things I recently started therapy in December for the first time ever, which this is like 20 years overdue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, now that I'm a parent myself, I'm like, I think, and I don't want to like discount how my parents raised me, but like, I, I think I should have been in therapy as a kid to deal mm. with these like fears and anxieties. I'm still mm-hmm. dealing with it almost 40. Um, but you know, like, they did their best and you don't know what you don't know at the time. Um, and it's just like way more normalized now to go to therapy. Like it was, if you were a kid going to therapy in the eighties and nineties, it was like, what's wrong with you? Like why? Right. And now it's like, Oh great. I'm so glad you're getting help that you, that's going to help you be like a stronger, happier, more confident human. Um, but in my therapy sessions, we focus on anxiety a lot because that's like my big thing, like fear of death, fear of flying, all the things. It all goes back to fear of death. But anyway, she keeps telling me like, you know, the anxiety is never going to be fully gone. It's just not. And so we all live with it a little bit and that you have to like almost welcome it in order to like live out the other pieces of your life. And I'm like, I don't want to welcome it though. Like, I don't want to say hello. How are you? And like, but when she talks to me about this, it, it almost feels a little bit woo woo, but I get it. It's like, you have to acknowledge that the thought has come and that it's here. And then you have to figure out ways to continue on with your life and not let that thought run your life. But the, the thought of having to like, accept it really pisses me off. Oh, well, yeah, because I don't want to sit in that stuff, you know, and I am like, I am no expert in any of that. I've been in therapy for a while now. And I feel like just now it started, some of the things are starting to click where they're becoming more like unconscious behavior, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't want to sit in like anxiety or fear or sadness. And I don't want to have to reflect on what it means or why, you know, I think that's where I sometimes have gotten caught. Like, I'll feel it, but I'm not going to, I don't want to know why. Cause then it's going to open up all this other stuff, you know? And the moments where I've had clarity just enough to be able to be curious about that, um, relief on the other side is so much better, you know, but getting to that point sure isn't pretty sometimes. It hasn't been for me. (laughs) I mean, that's one of the reasons there's two reasons I avoided therapy for so so long. One was I didn't want to do all that because it Mm -hmm. sounds exhausting. And let me tell you, it is. I cry every session for like the entire time, pretty much, Mm -hmm. Um, which is actually really good for my marriage because I'm crying less to my husband. (laughs) See, (laughs) Only so much he can handle. (laughs) Um, But two, I'm afraid, like, what if it doesn't work? Yeah. Those are the two reasons. It Mm -hmm. it will be so exhausting. 
what if it doesn't work, then what? Or right. not work maybe, but help. Yeah. Well, what if I don't feel relief? Yes. You know, what if I don't have, what if I don't, what if I, I, I have found sometimes where I've asked and my therapist has said like, we will not come to solution today yeah. on this. And so, but I want solution now. Yes. Like, you know, I want to be, I want to like check it off the list and go on to the next thing. And, and I think that's allowed me to understand that, you know, when you're working on yourself and that's intentional by way of like therapy or talking out loud about stuff that it may not, the conversation may not end in solution like that day. And, um, and so I've had the fear too of like, well, now I just feel more confused, Yeah, <laughs> you know, or now I don't know where to put all this stuff. And, um, that's a little bit of some of that stuff we talk about on a little happy too, is just like when we carry, we all carry around our lives and they, they come with us everywhere we go. And like, so it, how wonderful of a thought it is that maybe I'll carry some of your stuff and you can carry some of my stuff, you know, because then it, for me, it just feels like a little less scary. Okay. Well, that that's a good transition to talk about like friendship and community and connection because yeah. I think when we're overwhelmed or stressed or anxious, a lot of times we push people away because we're like, you want to stay in your little box. And, you know, for me, it's like, oh, well, if I make plans, when will I worry about this thing I'm anxious about, you know, <laughs> like, or I'm like scared to fully enjoy something because I need to be anxious about this thing, um, yeah. which I realize as you say it out loud, it sounds totally crazy, but and not logical, but that's what my brain does. And, um, I'm curious how you deal with that, with your community and friendships. Like when you're having moments, do you hold back or do you reach out? What do you do? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think it depends. Like, I think if, um, I have a hard time with feeling like I want to like control stuff, you yeah. know, um, and control what people see. You know, because I don't want us to be seen as like a total wreck, mm -hmm. but I kind of want to be seen, you know, so I think it's letting some of that expectation go um, and really being like really being intentional about pursuing being authentic that I'm trying to do like on the daily and I'm not good at it all the time, but at least I'm trying. Um, so I think when I when I think about um, moments where things have been in my life like really bad you know, where there's a lot that comes with it, um, whether it's something that and usually that means that I've messed up in some way mm -hmm. or that I'm responsible for something. I tend to push away because I don't want people to see it. You know, um, if there are things that r relate to like, you know, I need help with my kids or I, or, me, or something's going on in my marriage. And I need to discuss that. I tend to draw people in, I think, but I have guilt, the guilt that attaches to feeling like I'm a burden yes. sits in that too. And man, that is like some strong stuff. Um, and so those two things are in conflict with each other. A lot of the time that I work on is like the whenever I have had enough clarity to bring people in and really bring people in, like this is what you're going to see and I'm not going to filter much of it, then the relief and the clarity and the solution usually comes pretty frequently. And people usually are saying, thank you so much for like letting us know. Cause now we know where you are in things, but it's hard to get there. Cause I get in my own way. Like I get my, the burden, the feeling of being a burden or the feeling of this is too much or that I'm dumping my dirty laundry on you. You know, all that stuff just 
clouds the real need. And the real need for me is like, I need help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So if I can get to those three words, like I need help faster, then usually I'm better off. And I don't know if you feel this way too. Like I'm so quick to be able to, to come to other people. Like if you said I need something, I'd be like, I'd drop every, of, of course. course. Yeah. So why don't we do it? Like, why don't, why, why don't we think people don't want to do that for us? Right. Right. Yeah. Because I think one of the things is, is you don't want to be the friend that's like draining people. Like you, you want to be the person that when someone leaves a conversation with you, they feel filled up and encouraged and happy, not like, oh, that was a downer. And I think there's just a time and a place for both. And I do think like, you know, if I feel like I've been like extra complaining or like I'm dumping everything on someone over and over and over and over again, I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm going to therapy because like mm-hmm. my friends aren't my therapist. But at the same time, that they our friends want to be there for us. Like you were just saying, I mean, just a couple of days ago, last Tuesday, I had a doctor's appointment that I was like so anxious about. I got home and within 20 minutes, it was time to walk to get the kids. And I always walk with my neighbor, Ingrid. And uh, like, I mean, my face was just puffy because I was just like Mm -hmm. unpacking it all on the drive home. And I at first tried to play it cool, put my sunglasses on, act like it was nothing. And I'm like, you can't do that right now. (laughs) What are you doing? Right now. She doesn't want you to do that right now. Right. And then after like five minutes of talking, I also then find myself apologizing for like unloading it all. And I'm like, she's like, why are you apologizing? Of Uh course you're going to tell me about this. Oh, I know. It's, it is amazing. Like that story you just told is like the record that plays when I open up and try and be vulnerable to people, you know? And, and the fact that I think you said something that resonated about, you know, when there's a lot that you feel like you're unloading or dumping on people, you know, that also I think that me for me, it means that I'm having a hard time accepting the fact that life is hard right now for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not totally leaning into the fact or or really accepting the fact that like, I don't have it together. I'm not going to do any of this stuff perfectly. Um, and so being able just to also just like own the own it, like own that season or that stage of like, this is just really hard and it may it may be hard for a while and and to know that then there are other things like therapy or um like meditation or exercise or whatever it it could be for you to find a little bit more relief so you're not always showing up with a puffy face cuz i've done that too like like literally it's like okay well every time we see you you're going to be crying you know like <laughs> which means that there's not a lot of also for me means sometimes there's not a lot of action like i'm am i am i just like wallowing in some uh-huh. of this stuff without finding like solutions you know um cuz yeah who wants to like walk and pick up their kids and be like clearly lindsay's got something going on and and you're like but you feel like a like it's going to be a burden yeah I do think too, there's like different friends for different things too. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? And that's totally fine. Yeah. And it's interesting too, don't you think, um, the P I have found, um, in the podcast, the, uh, the little happy, um, is a bit of a testimony to this. I found 
um, if I've opened myself up to be in relationship with people within with most people, um, that I can form these friendships with people I probably would not have otherwise encountered. And I don't know if you have that experience with some of the work that you do, but it's very cool to be in friendship and in relationship with people who might not otherwise have crossed paths with me. Oh my gosh, totally. One of my favorite guests um, on this podcast, Julie Bogart, I've had her on twice now. If, if anybody listening has not listened to that, her episodes, like start there. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I like her so much. Like if I was ever randomly in her town, I would be like, can we co- go to coffee? Mm-hmm. You know? And like part of me thinks you would never do that. But then part of me is like, why the heck wouldn't you do that? It's a little bit uncomfortable and awkward, but it's such a gift to get to know these people. And sometimes I do have guests on where it's like, okay, we're going to get this interview done. And like, I maybe will never talk to them again. Right. But if I give myself the opportunity that if it makes sense and it feels right to like actually have a relationship with that person outside of that one interview, like why not? Mm -hmm. I know. And it opens up for me. So the co-host and the woman who I uh, do a little happy with, her name is Mary Susan Buner. She lives in Fishers. So just like an hour and a half north of Bloomington. And like I said, we met through um, her. I was on staff at IU and she was a volunteer for the program I worked for. Okay. She's about 15 years older than I am. So her kids are like either graduated from college or in like late high school in college. She has three girls. And we were reflecting the other day that like, if you were to see like our lives on paper, mm-hmm. we, you would not assume that we would become close or that our lives would be sort of like entwined with each other. But I think it has worked because we've both opened up to listening and hearing about each other's lives. And like there's some investment there too, right? Um, so I I oftentimes have called her. And I think it really happened um, when I was having young kids and I was trying to find someone like just enough older than me to see like, this gets better, right? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I would call her and be like, okay, here's the thing. Like I have this thing going on. Can you provide me some sort of perspective? And over time, we just kept getting into this routine of stuff. And so it is interesting to think about people um, who you may not, you know, run around with all the time. Um, and if you invest just enough, like I've felt that so I felt the benefit of that so much, like investing just enough to get to know someone that um, it ends up providing like really good perspective for life. I love that. One of the things I actually just typed up a post and I haven't posted it yet, but um, I was like, I want to read that again. I just want to make sure it's it's like what I want to say. Um, but it's a post about assuming the friendship mm. um, because I think so often you're like, you know, like for me, especially when I moved here, it was like everybody already had their lives. Not only do they have their friends that are here in North Carolina, they have their families. Like so many people's families live here. And I just, in my head, I'm like, they're too busy. They already have a full enough life. Like, do they have room for me? But I have to assume the friendship because they're, you know what I mean? Their lives are full and my life isn't as full here because I don't have all those networks here. So like Mm -hmm. if I assume the friendship and I just go about my business and pursue it, you know, it'll happen or it won't. But um, I do think that we like drift towards people that have kids the same age as us and Mm -hmm. like 
similar life that we have. And I think we're missing out if we just box into that. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, it's, it is very easy because of, you know, kids, at least our children right now, they set the tone for a lot of the stuff that we do, you know? And, and so I think that it does, you do sort of just naturally gravitate or float towards other families who are totally fine with like a Sunday night. We have like Sunday night family dinner with friends usually. And, um, and we always know it's like, you're going to come into a house the grownups will talk for like maybe 45 minutes in total, you know, yeah. and there's gonna be a lot of like yelling and screaming and roughhousing <laughs> and stuff, which is so fun. And then everyone goes home and then you clean up your house. And so, you know, you kind of start to find people who are like cool with your crazy a little bit, you know, um, and but there is something about extending a little bit more um, to those places that feel a little more unassuming to be in like friendship with people. And I I'll tell you, I have loved watching you and Glenn um, in your move to North Carolina and have wondered so much about how it seems that you have integrated your kids so well into um, in, in your family into new friendship. Um, Because I think it's hard as like almost 40 something women um, to like make friends um, and help have your children make friends. And so I, I just, I wanted to share that because I have considered that too in this stage of life, like how we make, how we make new friendship. All right, friends, I got to take a quick break here and tell you about this lash therapy that I've been using. It has been a game changer for my eyelashes. I basically like had hardly any eyelashes at all before I started using lash therapy by Hello Skincare. I did not have high hopes that this would work very well and my goodness, it has totally changed how my eyelashes look. I'm not a huge makeup person either, but having more thick, full eyelashes has made me feel a lot better. Um, you can step up your game in just 60 days. It does not take 60 days. I, I feel like I noticed a difference within two weeks. You'll have longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes using Lash Therapy by Hello Skin Care. Uh, you can save, too, 15%. When you go to helloskincare.com, when you check out, use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-H-2-0. They also have a C serum that I use in the morning and a night serum that I use every night. You can buy the package of three. But if you're only going to buy one product from them and you're going to start somewhere, start with that lash therapy. And let me know what you think. I'm serious. These results are crazy. HelloSkincare.com. Use the code LindsayH20 for 15% off your first order. All right, friends, back to the show. Well, and you know, I've actually thought about this a lot after we had a, a big Super Bowl party and we, there was like 10 families here and I posted some videos on social media and I was like, does that feel gross? Like I have all these friends, you know what I mean? Like after the fact, I was just like, is that gross? Um, like did the, did that story feel braggy or something? I don't mm. know. But what I will say about it is, is that has been so intentional, not on Glenn's part. I'm not giving him credit. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of introverted and he's good with like two friends in his life. But like, from the moment we moved here, I like perched myself out on the front porch and like introduced myself to everybody. And, you know, like eight months in, I had a little bit of fatigue of like trying to meet people and make friends. But um, it's been a lot of like, 
I'm just going to ask people to come over and they can tell me no. And that'll be kind of embarrassing if like, it just ends up that someone doesn't have room for me in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been so rewarding to assume that people want to come over, you know, and also assume that if they can't come over, it's not because they don't like me or, you know, they don't want to be around my crazy kids. It's because they have something else going on, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's huge though. Like, cause there's some vulnerability there, right? Like putting yourself out. Um, and there's, there's also, excuse me, what I heard you say too, is, um, I love how you are saying like room for like room for each other. Cause I think that's all it is. You know, it may not necessarily be that this person doesn't want to be a friend of mine. It may be because they have all this other stuff that's happening. They've got young kids and they work or whatever. And, um, and I have felt that too, where I, I want to do something, but I don't now in that context, it makes a ton of sense. Like I don't have any space, mm-hmm. you know? And so having to say no, or that can be really hard. Yeah. And I think if we assume their good intention, then we're less likely to be offended. And that's totally. not just about friendship. That's just like life in general. Like let's just yeah. assume they didn't mean to hurt your feelings or didn't mean to Mm-hmm. blow you off. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've like accidentally not responded to a text message and it wasn't intentional at all. And I don't even, I don't even get that many text messages. It's just right. like hit me up at the wrong time and I'm going to forget to write back. Yeah. Right. Or like my kids will have my phone and it'll go red as yeah. if it was red and I'll never see it. You know, I think I have a um a colleague at work who always says like, let's assume good intent with each other. Yeah. Um, because it it lowers some of the barrier of feeling like defensive or emotionally attached to stuff. And I really love that. Like let's just assume good intent, you know? And and then if something happens and it's different, then we'll like we'll go ahead and address that. But um, but yeah, I think because I think we all are trying to that's just you're trying to do the best you can usually, you know. Yeah. And it's like you might have this like certain preconceived notion of a person. Like, oh, I feel like they don't like me or something. But maybe if you like investigate a little bit more or like stay curious about them, they might end up being like a really good friend. And then you can laugh about it later. Like, right. oh, when I first met you, I thought you hated me or, you know, right. whatever. <laughs> right. Well, and it, it to that point, like, because we just don't, I think that there's something too. It's so, um, uh, it's so easy and people say it all the time, but like, you know, you never really know what other people are going through. And yeah. I think there is something really true about that. And, um, and I love the idea of coming at relationships and friendships with curiosity because mm-hmm. I think it provides opportunity for people, um, to get to know each other a little bit better, to, to better understand one another. And we, we are, we try that with our kids too, you know, like approaching things with curiosity rather with like defensiveness or too much excitement or too much nerves or whatever it is. And, um, because sometimes you just don't, sometimes you just don't know until you ask, you know? And, um, so I think there's, that's, there's something there too. Oh, this has been so fun. I didn't send you these, but we have into podcast questions. So you might have to do them. Oh, I love that. Okay. Let's do them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, now this is exciting because you just started something you were scared to start, but what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Well, I think we're, I'm kind of at the start of that, um, with this podcast that we have started. Um, you know, I, I want to, there have been times where I have started something and then I've stopped because either I'm too scared or I lose 
interest or, um, or I start to doubt myself too much, you know? And, uh, and so I'm hope, I think that I'd like to continue, you know, um, and put some of that, uh, those voices of doubt or does anyone care and are they listening like that sort of stuff aside and just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I'd say the, the podcast. I'm also, tr- I'm, I have run in the past. I've done a couple of marathons before I had kids, but I've just now reignited my love of running. Um, and so I am hoping I'm running a half marathon in the spring and I'm hoping to do a couple more this year too. So I'd say that those are my two like big new things this year for 2023. Oh, fun. I didn't know that. What half are you doing? I'm doing the, um, Hoosier half marathon here in Bloomington. Oh, it's a hard one. Those oh my hills. God. But you live Honestly, there. So. Yeah. And like running in Bloomington, I had forgotten having lived in Indy for so long. I'm like, every every road is a hill. How is it possible every road is a hill? I'm running up all the time. It's so true. And I've had people be like, Indiana is so flat. And I'm like, okay, true, but not in Bloomington. Yeah, there's a, there's an exception. Bloomington is so hilly. It's so hilly. It's so beautiful, but it's so hilly. So I'm just, I, again, I've like tried to set all expectation aside and just doing it to be outside and to like find some relief, right. From my own brain. And, um, I know that you're a runner. I know that it, I just have found, I found a lot of joy in that. So I'm hoping to continue that too. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Running has been a lifesaver for me. And even in seasons where like, like right now I'm not doing any marathons or half marathons, just like having, I, I give myself a 30 minute, you're going to move your body for 30 minutes, at least six days a week. And mm-hmm. if I can like default to that, like even on days when I don't want to do it, 30 minutes is like small enough to chew that like I can do it, you know? Yeah. So I think it's like just a way of life rather than like overwhelming myself thinking like I have to exercise or I have to train for this. It's like, no, it's just like the way I live my life. I love that. That's really good. That's really good advice. Yeah. 30 minutes is nothing. Think I spend 30 minutes scrolling through stuff scrolling. on Instagram. Yeah. You and know? if, and if you say you don't give me your phone and let me look at your stats. Okay. Friends. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, what's, what's a book you recommend? Oh, a book I recommend. Well, I'll tell you, um, yesterday I had a friend on, um, Ashley Fleming. Do you remember, you remember Ashley yeah. Hawkins? Oh, Ashley yeah. Fleming? Yeah. We were talking a lot about like healthy habits and and um, building habits, and so I have read bits and pieces of it. Um, but I'm think I I think I'm probably going to share this one because it's only been on my mind. Is the book Atomic Habits? Have you read this book? I started it, and I think I started it in the wrong phase of life because I had just finished the book Essentialism. And like a couple other like self-helpy type books. And I was like, I got to get out of this. Like, mm-hmm. but I've, I've heard amazing things about it. I think I just needed a break from like telling me how to structure yeah. my life. I know. And so it's a, I, it's a good one. I've read bits and pieces of it, but I too get so stuck in the self-help stuff. Like I, yeah. I love it. It's so good. It can be so much, you know? <laughs> Um, so, and I've been reading actually this really good, I don't know if you're like a poetry fan or like any sort of poem kind of things. I've never gotten into it before, but I found this book, a friend gave it to me when I was going through some stuff called I Am Her Tribe. And it's a really cool collection. I think her name's Danielle Robbie is the, um, no, Danielle Dobie is the, um, author and it's some cool, like inspiration, you know, one page things. That's really fun. And I, I read that at night sometimes. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, um, I've been sort of listening to the Mel Robbins podcast and it's like along the lines of atomic habits. It's just like, sometimes I start listening and I'm like, you don't need this right now. Like go listen to something fun, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) But I do think it's really good. Have you listened to it? No, I haven't. Yeah. I mean, it's similar genre. Like she's, she wrote the book, uh, high five habit. And like, she's just all about like rewiring your brain and you know, all those things. But, um, yeah, sometimes it's just like, okay, I need to balance that 30 minutes of self-help with like some, the podcast, which is like my pop culture podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I agree with that for sure. Okay. Two more questions. Do you have a trip or experience that you have done with your kids that you recommend? Oh, we, yeah. I mean, yes. Anytime we have taken the kids, um, to the beach, which we love going to the beach. Um, but it's hard for us because I mean, Indiana is not close to a beach. Right. And so you have to like plan for those. So Chris and I have been trying to be more intentional about doing just these like smaller day trip kind of things where we can just pop the kids in the car. And so if you're in Bloomington, I'm sure you've done it, but anytime we have gotten our kids outside hiking in like a forest or the woods is just like, they just seem so like free and open and excited to be like exploring stuff. And so we did um, some hikes over McCormick's Creek. Mm-hmm. Have you taken your kids over there? Yeah. I don't remember if we've been to McCormick's Creek with them. I think my parents took my big boys to McCormick's Creek one time. There's a really fun trail over there called Wolf Cave Trail. Mm-hmm. And I there's remember like a- that. Right. There's a cave back down there. And I'll tell you, it was the it was so fun to take them to experience some of those new things. So I'd say anytime we've been able to get our kids outside um, and Bloomington is so nice because they're just nice little spots that you can find. Um, but we're all about trying to, you know, do a quick a quick thing because we, we, we might not have time to get in the car and drive to Florida or whatever that is. So um, anything outside. How about you? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I feel like we're at a really fun age right now because Sandy is almost five. And, you know, like it's just things, everything's getting a little bit easier. The fighting Mm -hmm. has gotten way more intense, but like as far as doing things, we can do things now. Um, And I would, I would just say the ocean, like my, Mm -hmm. you know, we, when we moved to North Carolina, the weather was a huge reason, but also like to be closer to the ocean. We said the ocean and the mountains, but it has quickly become apparent that we are ocean people more than mountain people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we've been to the ocean so many times now, but we didn't for a lot of years. I mean, uh, the year of COVID that fall um, for Thanksgiving, we drove to Florida, Anna Maria Island, Sandy had just turned two, and that was really the first real vacation we took with our kids because mm-hmm. before then we always had newborns and babies and oh my gosh. Um, and I remember that being such a special experience. Like it was the first vacation we'd ever taken with just our family, mm. nobody else. And, um, just being at the ocean. And now I sometimes wonder, I'm like, have we lost the, like, excitement of it because that one time it was like so new to us. Right. (laughs) But I don't think so. The ocean's always, you know, mysterious and fun and exciting. It's such like a, 
it's such a, pl- a place of like peace and reset yeah. for me. And I know it is for Chris and we um, vacation and have forever with my family on Anna Maria Island. And it is, uh, that's a special place too. Yeah. We just like randomly picked it and you know, it was a big deal and like kind of silly. We were 36, 37 years old, but like we had never really like paid for like a big full vacation with our family and like it was like a big deal to us. Like we were like, okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was really, and then, um, like a year and a half later, my parents ended up purchasing a house in Sanibel. So now we always go to Sanibel, um, and, and stay at my parents' house. But, um, yeah, Anna Maria is really special. We're going to West Palm on spring break this year, which is kind of random, but that's um, fun though. I mean, it's warm. Yeah. And we wanted to go way of like, stay at like a Marriott and like just have like a beach like resort type feel and um now that the kids are bigger we can all just pile up into one hotel room and anyway best um okay what's your last message to leave with the audience last message um well that's a good question well thank you first for um having me it's been so fun and like I said I think we, we talked about doing this a while ago and so I'm so glad it um that it years happened ago. years ago I know and now we should do it again and again it's yeah. super fun and I, we'd love to have you on a little happy um I think you know just this idea at the end we always talk about this idea and I'm I work on it like so much on the daily of this mm-hmm. notion of like just being a little bit more gentle with yourself you know like giving yourself just a little bit of space um to you know, fail forward, to make mistake, to celebrate things, you know, to be excited and post about the 10 families you had at the Super Bowl party, you know, yeah. like those are all really good things. And, um, and so I, I don't do a very good job of it often, but when I do remind myself to just be like a bit gentler on myself, life usually seems to come at me a little bit quieter, you know, and, um, in a time that I feel like that, for us, like it's, it can be so loud here, like physically loud because of the kids and all the other stuff that comes at you on the social media and TV and all that stuff that, um, the moments where I do have clarity enough to just pause, um, our moments and the, and like we were saying earlier, there's so much power in a community of people and of like continuing to put yourself out there that I struggle with on the daily, but if I can do it, um, my life just feels a little bit better, you know? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Natty. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Natty, for coming on the show. We have to do that again. It was way too fun. Uh, Natty has a sweet, awesome new podcast that you should check out. It's called A Little Happy. And you can also find her on social media. She is natdm.com. 1919 Nat DM 19 over there. You can find me personally. I am Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram at Lindsay Hine on Twitter. And if you have any thoughts, questions, suggestions about the podcast, send me an email, Lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. And uh, you can learn more about our sponsors and everything we talked about at sandyboyproductions.com. Go grab yourself the best pillow ever at lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay. Use the code Lindsay for 15% off your order. And um, go get some awesome eyelashes. Hello Skincare. HelloSkincare.com. Use the code Lindsay H20 for 15% off 
that lash therapy. It is so good. It will change the game for your eyelashes. All right, friends. Thanks for being here. Thank you to our listeners, you. Thank you to our guests, Natty, and our sponsors for making this possible. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling? <laughs>